All right, welcome to Comic Chat 101. Comic Chat 101, episode 101. Uh, I am your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a 10-year comedian in the uh, Phoenix, Arizona area. I'm originally from uh, Compton, California. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. That's G-L-E-N-D-O-N. M C G double E. And you can find me on IG, Insta, the gram, whichever one you prefer, guys. Um, that's at GM3 Comedy is the handle at GM, the number three, and the word comedy. And you'll find my face and uh, hit that follow, and I'll hit that follow back. Even though I'm starting to see why people don't always hit that follow back because it's a lot of spam out there and shit that be following you just because you don't do a whole bunch of uh, algorithm work. I don't even understand how to do that shit. But um, anyway, um, today's date is Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022. Yeah, I took a week off. Because of my birthday, I uh, will go into that a little later. I'm 40 years old now, so that happened over the time since the last episode. Um, Before I get started, I want to say, like I always do, I love all of you. You guys are worthy of your dreams. You guys are beautiful. You guys are awesome. Everything is working out for your highest good. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you just have to speak and think and believe more positively. And you can cultivate a uh, flow of positive energy around you and you will start seeing positivity in your life. Because I've been doing it for almost, I want to say, four years. And this shit is fucking amazing. Not being pissed off all the time is, is awesome. Um, yeah, but, um, I love you guys. You guys are beautiful. And to everybody who has listened to an episode of this, uh, podcast, thank you so much. I am grateful from every part of my being. I thank you for, uh, granting me your time and focus. Um, yeah, uh, you can find this podcast on... Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. And right here on this lovely casting platform called Anchor. There are a hundred other episodes that you can listen to. That's right, a hundred episodes. This baby will be two years old next week. Uh, Comic Chat will turn two, I think, on October the 23rd. So, uh... That will be next Sunday, I believe. No, that will be, yeah, next Sunday. Because I will be at the Phoenix Center for the Arts on the 21st. Along with Jacoby Willis and uh, Black Rosebud is your headliner. He's a very funny guy out of Los Angeles, so... 
come down to the Phoenix Center for the Arts on October the 21st to see a great show. It's free entry. And, but they will be selling refreshments and all they ask is if you buy some refreshments, which they aren't that expensive. So come out with a few of your friends. Enjoy a free show on a Friday night in downtown Phoenix. It's a great venue. It's a great venue. We just really, really desire to pack it out. So if you can grace us with your presence, we're not asking you to come out of your pocket to, to get in. But if you're going to drink and eat, we ask that you uh, contribute. So that is, uh, again, October the 21st, uh, Phoenix Center for the Arts. And if you uh, need further information, you can follow me on Instagram to uh, get more details on that show. But um, I'm also going to be at Lost Leaf this Thursday, the Lost Leaf, down on Roosevelt Row, I think. Hopefully I'm not leading people the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I think that is uh, uh, Roosevelt Row. Uh, this Thursday at 9 o'clock, I will be headlining with a couple of my funny friends like Charlie Jr., Coley, Cody, Neary. Um, the host, Chris Banks, he's a, he runs a Wayward open mic on Thursdays at Wayward Tap House down on 11th and Grand. You can uh, add him on uh, Instagram. Just put in Chris Banks and you'll find him. He's got a shirtless photo and uh you can friend, you can uh, follow him for further information on both of those shows. It's called the Lost, I think the the Lost Leaf Invitational, this Thursday at nine o'clock, at Lo- the Lost Leaf. There'll be like a DJ there and everything. It's gonna be an awesome night, and you can watch a show and then listen to some music and meet some new people. So come out this Thursday. For uh, the Wayward Open Mic at the Wayward Tap House and for the Lost, the Lost Leaf Invitational, where I'll be headlining and doing my thing for 20 minutes. Um, I did all that shameless promoting, but this is my podcast, so I don't have to feel shameless about it. Um, but the only thing that pisses me off is uh, we do have a, a moment of silence. For somebody most people may not be familiar with, but if you're 40 years old, and and I'll say if you're 60 to 35, maybe, you should know who this person is. Uh, Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote fame back in the 80s. Passed away today at 96. I'm not yeah, I know, ninety-six, right? She got ninety-six years, so she couldn't can't really be sad, but she was a part of my childhood. She uh was one of those people that my grandmother used to watch. Uh so we'll give a moment of silence to uh, Miss Angela Lansbury.
All right, Angela Lansbury, 96 years on earth. You will be missed because everybody still remembers uh, your show. And the ending with the Stephen Bochco, the guy writing with the typewriter, he tosses the paper. It folds up in it to the logo for Stephen Bochco Productions. Yeah, she was one of those shows that my grandmother used to watch. My grandmother died in like 2000. She died in May 26, 2000. So yeah, she's Angela Lansbury been alive for a long time. I thought she was dead already. And I know that that kind of sounds fucked up to say, but I hadn't heard her name and I hadn't seen her face for years. So I figured that she was dead. It's kind of like a Bob Barker. He's still alive. The original host of Price is Right for you uh, millennials who think it's Drew Carey. Nope. It was uh, Bob Barker for years. Dude did that until he was like 80. But yeah, and Angela Lansbury... Murder, She Wrote was one of my grandmother's shows she used to watch along with, like, In the Heat of the Night and uh, Bonanza. I don't know. My grandmother, for some reason, she liked seeing white people shoot each other. That was, like, her shit. Because every time a dude would pull out a gun and, and fire it, she'd make a little yelp noise. It, 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 oh, man. Six-year-old me. That was stand-up for me. Watching my grandma watch TV. I had to watch her, like, from around the corner because if she caught me laughing at her, I was going to get my ass whooped. But that was one of my joys, seeing her old heart jump when somebody fucking gets shot on Bonanza. And they grab their chest and shit. It's fucking hilarious. Back when uh, actors were really actors and not influencers with a lot of followers. So they put you in stuff. This generation fucking sucks. I just, I just, I don't, I don't really agree with this, um, not having to work and be talented to do anything. Because, uh, when I look at some of the guys, like Sammy Davis Jr. for one, he makes me go, man, you, I don't do enough. Stuart was like a comedian, a singer, a dancer, played a few instruments. Like, he was a crack shot with a gun. I think I mentioned that on this uh, podcast before. But it's like, those vaudeville cats, like George Burns and shit. You had to, like, have, like, five tools to, to be an entertainer. So, these influencers just, you know, being popular and gaining a lot of followers so they can be used by venues to try to create revenue. It really cheapens what all those people who died did to create these uh create this world of entertainment we all know and love. <clears throat> but I guess, you know, things have to change and that's kinda the rough part about like turning the big four old. Like I don't have the the midlife crisis like what have I done and all that. Because I never even came, you know, into this life knowing that there was something I was supposed to do. So I don't be I don't feel like, oh man, I never I never pitched in a World Series or I never been to a Cowboys game. It's 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 terrible. Like, no, that's not I don't feel any of that, but I do you know feel some type of way about how things changed 
because everybody has a a mouthpiece on them. But very little heart and courage behind that mouthpiece. And like this generation, they feel like you should just allow them to shoot their fucking mouth off because they have a phone in their pocket that they can watch movies on. Like, that's it's weird, man. This technology gives us a us a egotistical and narcissistic perception of ourselves. I got this iPhone, so look at these clothes I bought. Like, what? This shit don't even mean nothing. It's just a costume. All clothes do is cover you from being naked in front of people. And we, like, we turned it into a symbol of of competition. <laughs> and, and we really honor this shit because... When you, when you get on, like, Instagram, all you see is motherfuckers posing. Like, that's the funny, that's the, the scene, guys. The motherfuckers in, in the Phoenix comedy scene that everybody, oh, this guy's hilarious. They're not talking about what the motherfuckers do on stage. They're talking about the fucking pictures they take on Instagram where they jump on stage before the show starts and, and have somebody take a picture of them on their phone. For the photo dump and shit. Like, this, this this whole generation, man. I know I'm probably pissing off a lot of people that listen to this shit. This generation is trash. Because it's all about glorified insecurity. All this fucking posing. Everybody a fucking model. Everybody wanting to, want everybody else to know what they're doing. But if you ask them why they're doing it, most of them can't tell you. Then half people, half the people are living lies and shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, they just told you that, oh, you're going to have this and you're going to have that. And by the time you're 40 years old, your life's going to be. That was a crock of shit. I've been 40 for like a week and a couple of days and I'm just like, yo, we went totally the wrong direction. And it's like, I can't really blame young people for how they are because people in my generation did not teach them anything. We joined them because we have this fear of getting old. Because we be down here doing all this bullshit, but we don't want to pay for it spiritually. That's why everybody had this big giant fear of death, because they don't know what the spiritual consequences of their uh, physical life are. So you want to try to stay young and shit. You want to try to run from uh, mortality. Because... you know you ain't been acting right. So we live in this uh this big ass tabloid magazine world and that's the crazy part is people that are older than me, like my mother generation is into this shit. You think older people you think a sixty year old person would be laughing at us right now for how much time we spend on our goddamn phone. 
But they on their goddamn phone with us. Asking us how to uh, coexist in this technological world. And it's crazy. Like, I know it all has benefits. It's not all negative. But the way we allow ourselves to use it is negative. You see more tearing down than building up. And then when you try to build somebody up, it's so bad that when you try to build somebody up, they think that you are backhanding them and trying to tear them down. And then it's like, you can give somebody a compliment, but the person don't have to take your compliment because of who you are. If you was a different person saying what you said, then they would take it. But since it come from you, it have no meaning. And that's just how, you know, how segregated and separated and divided this, this so, the society is. Like, people be so desperate for friends and followers and shit. And all they are is just distracting you from what you really want to do. Like, I found a lot of peace. I'm not saying that, uh... I don't experience anger at all because I do. It's just a, to a lesser degree. But I found a lot of peace since I don't have a lot of friends and I spend a lot of my time alone. And I, I learn a lot because I'm not distracted. And I'm doing exactly what the fuck I want to do. I don't, I'm not uh, putting on this uh, personable Glendon. That says the right things and and agrees with everyone and has the same brain as everyone around me, because that's how you make friends and you you network, so to speak. You just you lower yourself according to who you talking to. If a person have a have some type of authority, you 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 agree with what they say, even if you can't stand that shit. Because it might get you somewhere. But you really compromising yourself for something that really ain't worth it. And that's um a lot of reason why I just do open mics and people don't see me at clubs. Because I'm not willing to compromise myself for th- their opportunity. Because is it really an opportunity if, if I don't like what I'm doing on stage? I don't really want to be on a giant stage if I can't enjoy myself and do what I love doing. I don't want to go up there and say your words because you feel like you have to protect your audience as an establishment. And you don't even know, you don't even, they, these establishments don't even care about how the audience feels. They just want them to sit there and buy shit. They give you a little fucking survey so they can um, uh, improve on how to make it more comfortable for you to sit there so you can buy shit. And then the person who helping them the most with you sitting there, which is me, the comedian, the entertainer, we get paid table scraps. While the club makes tons of money. And then they judge you 
in your performance and shit. You gotta see the 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 cesspool of desperation that the club atmosphere have when you, you, niggas that you hang out with at open mics they get all weird at the club. Act like they don't even know motherfuckers. But then when it's back at open mic, they dapping you up and shit. It's really fucking weird. What us so-called comics will do for for a so-called shine and shit. Because it don't even really be worth it. Because the thing about it is like, you get there and some comic might see you and... He might take you somewhere, but he also may get mad and insecure about himself and not want to talk to you. Because I've experienced that shit. Where I've, I've, where I've done guest sets at clubs. And killed. Then have the, the, have the headliner give me the cold shoulder because he's like, man, fuck you. They liked you more than me. And that shit is a... That shit is the ridiculous part of stand-up. But I kind of understand it because... A lot of us comedians aren't well-adjusted. And the last person we love is is ourselves. So if somebody else is getting the love that we feel like somebody is giving us... Because we can't find it for ourselves... And that's a problem. Because that's all it's really about. It ain't even really about the the money. It's about the attention. Motherfuckers hate on other comics and keep them off stage because they don't want that comic to get that exposure. Because they may leave them behind here. And it's like, oh, well, you're going to forget about us and I don't want to help you become a rich and famous comedian. And how the hell do you know any of that's going to fucking happen? I'm just asking to fucking perform on your goddamn stage for however many minutes you want to give me. You can give me two fucking minutes and I'll be like, all right, boss, I'll do it. It's all right, master. (laughs) I'm sorry, I've been watching... I've been watching Roots, and that shit's fucking, uh, that shit's funny and kind of awesome at the same time, because you can see it's like white people trying to give us a piece of our culture, but not too much, not, not enough to really do anything with, but it's, it's, here it is, (laughs) here's a piece of Africa, is that, is that good enough for you to stop being mad at us for, for slavery? You could just see it, though. You could tell. You could you could look at it and tell white people said, this is amazing. <laughs> but nah, it was, um, it was decent, though. It was decent. I'm watching it through adult eyes because I'm not so emotional at the, you know, the whippings and shit. So I might end up watching it again. Just because, I don't know. I, I'm starting to read the Bible. I'll read the Bible again. I read it all the way through once, and I'm going through a second time, and I'm learning so much uh, that I did not learn the first time through. So I'll probably be uh, making a stop through on Roots again. (laughs) 
Ah, oh, man, my dude, uh, the dad from Good Times. He acted his ass off in that shit. And fucking Lou Gossett Jr. was killing in that shit, too. There's a lot of bad females from that time in that in that uh, miniseries, too. So, it, you know, it's it's good in everything. But just the way this motherfucker has changed is just so soft. We can have all these safety nets, all these ways to protect us from reality and shit. And it's like, why do we have, why do we need protection from the truth? The truth, it hurts, but it's the truth. And I understand that is there's a time and place for everything, so the truth is not always uh, suitable for the situation. But but the total delusional illusion that we live in as an American society is ridiculous. Like I'm forty years old, and I want to say for the last twenty years as an adult been the same shit pick a guy the guy fucks us over wait four years pick another guy and then that guy fucks us over (coughs) excuse me for coughing all crazy but yeah white guys secretly don't like black guys Black guy don't like white guy because he don't understand why white guy don't like him so much. Even when black guy is minding his business, white guy is pissed off at black guy. And all black guy is over here thinking is, what's this motherfucker's problem? To almost be 50 years old, pushing 50 now, I can say that. And to still have to deal with prejudice prejudice and injustice and and segregation and and white supremacy and mental fucking bullshit. It's ridiculous. It's like in a never end. Just like fucking gangbanging. That shit's still around. But to, for me to think that that, had, um, that would be gone and it was here before me, just like racism, it was kind of naive of me. But, but racism is getting old. But I still don't want to be one of them old black motherfuckers that just got tired of it. So they start making excuses for it and saying that it ain't doing nothing and it don't stop nobody. And white supremacy is a myth and it's all about how you do it. You got to work hard to get what you... No. Bullshit. There are some people that... There are some minorities that slip through the cracks to make it seem like there's no crack. I'm not saying that all of us don't make it, but... The ratio is still off in comparison to white people. 
that's what we mean when we talk about how there's racism and, and, and it stops us and we're being held down. We ain't talking about an individual thing. We're talking about a collective. Look at the collective positioning of black people in America as the collective positioning of white people in America. You don't hear about cities where white people are not having water. You don't hear about that. But you hear it in black communities. Latin communities too. If we want to do it like that. We want to create that difference. That's what we're talking about. When we say racism. And things are unfair. And, and, and in return white people say. Oh you're playing the victim. No, look at the numbers. You look at the numbers when you want to justify police killing an unarmed black person, you go and look at the numbers. But when you want to when when we want to go look at the numbers to prove that the existence of racism and how oppression and and, and uh, being treated unfairly is a main component of American society, then all of a sudden the, the the statistics are off. Or I'm picking certain stats to make it look a certain way. But when you when when officers such and such pops Jerome, you're quick to go, well, this percentage of crime is committed by black people and blah 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 blah. That don't be even have that don't even have nothing to do with that one black person that just got killed. You talking about a bunch of black people that were not even related to that situation. But some but that somehow justifies a person losing their life. That's just crazy. When I was a little kid in elementary school back in the 80s. I didn't think that police officer was going to be have to be someone I was going to be afraid of. Because <laughs> they came up there and they told us that old spiel. We're your friends and we're here to protect you. If you're ever in trouble, just call 911 and I'll come and I'll help you. That, that shit. But sometimes the motherfuckers show up late. Sometimes they don't even show up at all. They don't say that shit in elementary school when they come into your class in the uniform. I'm Officer Smith. You must not be that much of a cop. You got time to come up here and lie to little kids. Because <laughs> that's all they did was create this old... Oh, you're you're a hero. I I want to be a cop. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Motherfuckers just abuse their power and shit. But it's just crazy, man. How the more uh, aware of things you become, the more the mask of all this shit starts to come off. 
all this shit is to make you think that you have a friend in white people and you have an enemy in, in not white people. Look at all those fucking heroes of Superman and fucking Batman and, and, and fucking Thor and all them motherfuckers of Iron Man <laughs> Captain America. White, 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 white. That shit's crazy as fuck. Then we get, you know, when when they do give us a black one, you got to make sure we label them black. Except for the Green Lantern, he was originally black. But it's like, nah, there's no, there's no supremacy here. Like, how come all the heroes white, man? How, how come all of them white? At least it was. It, at least it was. Least it was a racist kind of, but you know, you, it was a racism you can deal with. None of the people that fight Superman or Batman were black. There were no niggas in Gotham City. I don't know. I haven't turned that into a bit, but there, there. I don't remember any niggas being in Gotham City. Only brown person in Gotham City, according to the TV show, was Eartha Kitt. <laughs> uh, Catwoman, the, the Catwoman from the, the, the 60s uh, Batman show uh, starring um, Adam West, rest in peace, and, and Burt Ward. I don't know if Burt Ward passed away, but yeah, it's... Just noticing that shit, man. Then they keep cheating for Tom Brady and shit. This nigga got sacked and it was just like, oh, he threw him to the ground egregiously. What? It's football. Just say you want him to win. But he's looking his age out there on the field and plus he's going through uh, marital problems. So it's coming out on the field. And you know that's what it is because he started breaking tablets. (laughs) See my nigga break a tablet on the sideline. I said, oh, he really don't know what to do. But he really do know what to do, but he don't want to do it. Which is suck it up and retire. Like, sometimes you got to just do what your wife tell you to do. I ain't never been married, but sometimes you just gotta do that shit because sometimes they want the best for you. This motherfucker been watching this dude get his head bashed in for for 20 years, faithfully. And she telling him to finally hang it up and he wanna, oh, I'll give you one more year. And then the fans are like, she could wait. And it's like, bro, how long, though? Like, like if that was you, you wouldn't want to, you know, have him to yourself when he can't even talk. Control his goddamn bowels and shit. Now you taking care of like an old man. You waited for him to have a 25-year football career. And, and what's left of him can't even tell you I love you. Because of some fat beer swilling motherfucker. Wanna see him on TV throwing around a leather ball. 
Should be crazy. And that even that is coming off. Fans, they don't give a shit about the entertainer. They they envious of most of uh, of the fans are envious of the entertainer and feel like they're owed something because the entertainer is the entertainer because of them. When the truth is, the entertainer don't owe you nothing but his gift, whatever it, whatever he do to entertain you. That's your exchange for him being famous. He don't owe you an autograph or money or. A picture, a selfie. He don't owe you. He don't owe you that shit. If you, if you, if we talking about a comedian, if he made you laugh, that's that's your fucking payment. That's that's his gift to you. Same with the uh, basketball players and and singers and all that shit. A singer sings a song. That's your fucking gift. You see a nigga get crossed over and then dunked on. That's your gift. The fact that we be sitting up here mad because they don't want to sign their name on our fucking t-shirt is retarded. And we go, well, they get millions. Millions only a lot of money to a nigga like you and me. You think Bill Gates is impressed by LeBron James's fucking uh Employee wages? You think the owner of the Lakers, you think Jeannie Buss is impressed by how much money she pays LeBron James? But we sit there and go, well, they uh, they get paid all this money, man. You only say that because you're mad because you work at fucking Starbucks. For an hourly fucking wage. So, yeah, it seems unfair to you because you don't get to do all the little bullshit with money that it appears that that man gets to do. But a lot of us would fucking, I said this before, a lot of us would be harmful with money. A lot of us have a problem appreciating ourselves when we broke. So it would just magnify when we get money. It would be some sometimes though the worst thing is what you dream of. If you're not asking for uh, guidance on how to handle that shit, because that every time I affirm something, that's what I ask for is the guidance and the understanding and the strength to handle it. Because you know people just think, oh, I get rich, and then that's the. End of my problems. Like, nope, you got to learn how to manage that money. How are you going to do it? How how are you going to even save it? How are you going to save it to where not, it's just not being, it's um not just being saved, it's being grown. Like a, like a plant. You got to grow your money. Like most of us, I don't want to be rich so we can blow money. I desire to be rich and to learn how to grow money. Because then when you grow money, you have more money to give. And then when you have more money to give, you'll receive more money in return. Because that's basically how we are supposed to live. I guess that's why most generous people 
get killed. Because God get jealous and be like, you know what? I want you here with me. Because, <laughs> you know, he's the only good person. He's the only good being. I can't say person, not person. He's the only good spirit. So when we uh start showing too much of goodness, he get jealous. He wanna keep it to wanna wanna keep us to himself. So he, so he take us. Because we all know a story of somebody that was really cool that's no longer here, and it was because of some fucked up shit. And then we all ask ourselves, why did it have to happen to somebody like him? Because God know what he made. And, he, and sometimes he... Sometimes he want to take back his favorite toys. <laughs> I know that was a weird analogy, but that's pretty much how I look at it. Is we're all his toy. We do what it tells us to do. And uh, we think we have control. We have some control as far as the choices we make. But even that is not even in our control because a lot of the choices we make we do because of instinct. But, you know, we have the ability to choose which type of choices we make, I guess. We can continue to go negative if, if it's negative. And we continue to go positive if it's positive, but we all gonna end up in the same place. <laughs> we just gonna take a crazy route to get there. Yeah, so nah, I was just being forty, man. My dad hit me up on Messenger asking me, "How does it feel to be an old man?" Like, bro, you are sixty-one. Why are you asking me? You're my dad. <laughs> But, um, no, nah, it was just, I kind of was like, I don't know. Is it supposed to feel some type of way? I'm just like, I'm, I made it through another birthday and I'm happy to, to still be here. I'm happy to have made it 40 years. And I still feel like a goddamn teenager, though. Like, I know that I'm not a teenager, but... I feel like a teenager. I feel goofy and silly like a kid. Because whatever the hell adulting is seems to make people lose their hair and have their hair turn all gray and their fucking muscles start aching. and They be 35 moving like a fucking 58-year-old man and woman. Got all these, you know, health issues and shit cause we trying to grow up and trying to trying to be more mature and nobody even told us what the fuck that is but we trying to do it with all our heart <laughs> buying funny ass dress up clothes and shit I'm grown I'm on my grown man shit <laughs> and all the grown people you grew up looking at was drunk ass motherfuckers dude doing stupid shit All the adults that I grew up watching, they was basically scraping to get by, living beyond their means and shit. 
So basically, adulting was being fake. But, uh, I'm just really happy as fuck to even be alive, though, on some real shit, because uh, the first 25 to damn 35 years of my life, I was fucking mad and, and confused and not really understanding anything about this thing called life, just living off of slogans and, and beliefs that were given to me by uh, all the adults that I thought were uh, cool people. Because I seen them doing adult things like drinking beers and smoking weed and playing basketball with other adults. <laughs> but I never really even had an idea of what I thought my life should be until like now. But you are who you are before you uh, get here. And with that, and with that being said, this has been Comic Chat episode one hundred and one. I am your host, Glendon McGee. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee, G L E N D O N M C G E E. I will be out of Facebook jail tomorrow. Survived another 30-day ban. I really don't know what I'm going to do with that Facebook. Because I don't really want to be on it anymore. Because I keep getting banned for being honest. I know I could stop doing that. But what's the point? Teaching myself. Conditioning myself to conform to being uh, unauthentic. And that will spiritually hurt myself. So I'm not doing that shit. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook and you can find me on IG, Insta, or the gram at GM3Comedy. That's at GM, the number three and the word comedy. Uh, you can find me at The Lost Leaf and Wayward. Uh, Wayward Tap House. At 7 o'clock, the open mic is hosted by Chris Banks. And then after that, I'll be heading over to the Lost Leaf for the Lost Leaf Invitational, which I'll be headlining uh, at 9 o'clock. So uh, if you want to check me out, you can follow me on Instagram. And I'll be dropping that flyer so you'll know the time and you know exactly where to go. And you can check out those two shows also. October 21st, I am at Phoenix Center for the Arts with uh, Black Rosebud and Jacoby Willis. Um, that's a free show. And also, the uh, Lost Leaf Invitational is also a free show. Uh, so you don't have to worry about coming out of your pocket to get in there and, and laugh with us. Um, also... Another free show at the very end of the month, October the 29th, I will be at the Throne Brewery downtown. I think it's on Central or McDowell. But we got time. I'll, I'll mention that show uh, plenty of times before the 29th. So, uh, yeah, check me out on Thursday, tomorrow at uh, Wayward Tap House and Lost Leaf for the Lost Leaf Invitational. Um, you can find this 
Podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. And right here on this lovely cast, casting platform called Anchor, there are a hundred other episodes you can listen to. Um, I just want to tell you guys that you guys are awesome. You are special. You are worthy of all the good things. And they are flowing into your life if you ask for them. Uh, Don't believe all the negativity that you hear. You're only what you believe about yourself. That is only that's the only thing that's true. The things that you believe about yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody got to say, because a lot of people are just projecting some shit that they feel personally about themselves onto you. So I just say, be awesome. Don't be afraid to live your life as yourself. Meditate. Take time. Turn off the goddamn noise. That is America and social media and society. Because that's all it is, is a bunch of noise. And uh, you are more powerful than you'll ever know. Until next time, I love you all, and uh, goodbye.